0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday,
1: September 27th, 2023, season 19, episode number 40. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're bringing the energy today. Uh, it'll be <laughs> we, we will start getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Patriots. And uh, we're moving past all that negativity from last weekend. It's time to move forward, and we'll see where this goes. Hopefully, hopefully the Cowboys learned their lesson last week. It was a nice shot in the mouth, and uh, hopefully they wake up and uh, get themselves back on track this week. Brian in the show today is going to give us a good uh, overview of Cowboys offense versus you know Patriots defense. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some things that went right last weekend. We didn't really do that this week uh, on Monday and Tuesday. We spent a lot of time on what went wrong, but there were a couple things that were really good from the Cowboys standpoint in that game on Sunday. We'll detail some of those. And, uh, and let's start first, though. Uh, with updates on where we are from the standpoint of injuries. Patrick, walk us through what we're, waiting, what we're looking for this week. What are we? Who are the players that we need to keep an eye on uh, with regards
2: to injuries? Well, we're talking about, first and foremost, the three starting offensive linemen, Tyron Smith, Tyler Beatish, and Zach Martin. Um, Jerry Jones, this morning, he was tight-lipped about it on five three FM, The Fan. Mike McCarthy was tight-lipped about it uh, in the press conference on yesterday, and I expect he will be again this morning. Um, it's... We're waiting to see what happens. Today's going to be the first week of practice, or first day of practice. I'm sorry for week four against the Patriots. We'll see who's expected to do what and who does what. But uh, it there's a chance. If you go back to what Stephen Jones told 105.3 FM The Fan a couple of days ago, there it is possible that the Cowboys see a whole offensive line hmm. going in against the Patriots. He th- he did kind of give a caveat in saying, you know, let's see how the week goes. Obviously, that goes without saying, but he did make that clear. Um, But he did say, quote-unquote, there's a possibility. So I do expect that, you know, multiple guys on that three-man front. We're talking about Tyler, Tyron, and, uh, and Zach. We'll get some work maybe as early as today, but we'll see. As far as uh, any other injuries, they're all in the same breath right now. We're just waiting and seeing, but those are the top three guys. Obviously, Donald came back last week, um, and you know he had his ups and downs. Makes sense. He hadn't played you know, since he suffered the calf strain in early in training camp. But yeah, so three offensive linemen. We saw what happened when they were out. Uh, offensive line didn't lose the game, but it impacted McCarthy's play calling, so hopefully those guys get back so we can see this verticality uh, with this Texas Coast offense. Worry about Biotish in this one,
3: you know, because of and, – and Patrick's right, we'll see. But we've also thought about with Tyler Smith, if you're just playing the game of how things have kind of worked – you know, through three weeks of the season, when it comes to these injuries, and it's a hamstring, and it's this and that, and you're just like, oh, it's minor, it's okay, it's you know, we'll be fine here. Yeah, it it will, but we've also seen these guys miss two, three games, mm-hmm. also. So I would keep an eye on Biadish this week and see how much that he really practices. I think that Smith and Martin. You know, those are the ones I think that are probably further along than what Tyler Biotish is. And so
4: with one of the comments that have prompted this whole injury situation with McCarthy saying, um, I forgot exactly what he said, but something in the lines of the backups needing more practice time yeah. Yeah, he, and feeling he, comfortable, on, yeah, he took yep, ownership which is, that was that's just my initial assumption. With any backups, you're getting, quote-unquote, the amount type or quantity of reps that you would need in case you have to go into a game. But as far as – and I doubt it's this week because a lot of those injuries are on standby. But moving forward, once they become healthy and you got the starters again, in case a scenario like this happens again, yeah. like how do you manage? Like how do you split the the reps in practice and to give yeah. everybody the amount reps? Hey,
3: okay, This is this is what happened, and I think – I think McCarthy got caught short on it. all the injuries happened late in the week. So now he's thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have my guys to do this. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, you know, Martin's out, Smith's out. Now he's now he's compromised. Now his game plan's compromised. Now he's thinking like, well, damn, I didn't get the other guys ready. What happens when you watch practice is they'll have a – it's broken down to where they'll have a red zone period. Offense gets eight snaps in the red zone. Defense gets eight snaps in the red zone, and they kind of work with each other to practice there. The problem with that is usually when the starters are involved with the eight snaps in the red zone, it's seven and one. McCarthy's probably now to a point like, listen, I can't do seven and one. Hmm. I have to think about five and three, four and four. You know, With the way his offensive line is and the way they've had problems with it, it, it's, it's kind of a wake-up call for all his positions. You know, we, we need to have more guys ready. Uh, it, it's amazing how this team has had to deal already with injuries late in the week. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, if this is going to be the trend for us right now, I could do something about it the way I give these guys reps. And so that's where I think he's going. If there's eight plays they're going to run, you're going to see a five and a three or a four and a four. It's not going
2: to be seven and one anymore. And there's also a transaction that kind of hints at what Brian is saying as far as Beatish is concerned. Uh, I mean, you depends on how you want to read the tea leaves, but the Cowboys signed um, center. Um, Billy Price, to the practice squad this morning. And when you look at Price, Price was well-decorated coming out of Ohio State. First-round pick. Uh, yeah, first-round pick. He also earned PFWA um, All-Rookie Team honors uh, in his first year, 2018, I believe. So, you know, some d- definitely some veteran talent coming but, to the practice squad. Okay, so
1: that begs so the question, now then the why question, is he available? So the,
2: like I said, it depends on how you read the, the tea leaves yeah. because on one note, you can say, well, why is he still available? Obviously, there's probably some, some struggles there, and he's not one of the... Premier obviously offensive linemen that are still that you know hit the free agency market this Mm -hmm. offseason. Otherwise, he's not available to be picked up in late September. But then the other side of that is you're adding a veteran IQ to that backup offensive line situation, whereas you have a ton of youth who've mostly played well when thrown into the fire, but at the same time they could stand to learn. You know, from a guy like Billy Price. But then the other side of that, three sides, the other side of that is, what is, does this mean anything for Tyler Beatish's Bietish, potential availability against the Patriots? Because you also have the Brock Hoffman equation yeah, because Hoffman has been now elevated three yeah, times. that's where we're at. So right there, there's also, that could just final. be yeah. transaction to transaction. So, you know, again, we'll see how it goes. But I'm also with Amber um, when it comes to these late week injuries. We're having this conversation on Wednesday. Yeah. I don't like Thursdays anymore. So you know, let's. I, I'm not going to dig into any optimism or anything like that until we have Friday morning show. Yeah. And I see that there was not some mystical Thursday injury that yeah. largely impacted. Well, even with
4: what's Zach, I um, we, Ty- we didn't. Ty- talk- was
2: Saturday. Well, yeah.
4: but even with Zach, all week he didn't practice. Right. But we still were hearing positive he's things he's
3: on our show on one oh five three the fan on thursdays and oh everything's good and, and all exactly that exactly what he said yeah and everything's good and everything's fine and so you honestly you don't know until you guys get on the plane saturday or they practice on And saturday. even then
4: we might not yeah. know and, that, and that's and and i, I just
3: think that and this is a this is a this is a difficult trend. You know, yeah. this has happened now. We're, we're week four of the season, and now you've had to deal with late week injuries. And I don't, I don't think it's anything McCarthy's doing practice wise. Heck, he gives him Fridays off. You know, he really doesn't practice. I mean, he does a walkthrough on Saturday. So yeah, there are things that he, he likes to go out there and practice pads, and they're outside today. and It's a warm day, so you know he's into that kind of stuff. But man, I mean, you got to practice. You know, if yeah. you're stepping on other guy, trying to get a ball, and you're stepping on a guy's foot, you know, that causes your, your ankle to be bad or blow out your knee, is that on McCarthy? It's football. It's, it's football. football. I mean, that's, yeah. there's yeah. injuries built into the game, right? But there's things he could do to help his backup guys yeah, by m- giving them more work. I don't want Ambar mad at me anymore.
2: That's the bottom line. Yeah. But um, <laughs> real quick, McCarthy, whose press conference is running concurrent with what we're doing right now, just got an update that Tyler. I'm sorry, yeah, Tyler Beadish, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin will all start with the rehab group today. Cowboys will see how they feel after that. Maybe they get some limited reps. Maybe yeah. not. I don't think that they would on Wednesday. I think tomorrow will be you know potential ramp up. I see the look on your face. Oh, sorry, did right that now. come out? Yeah, that I came out. That was written that all over your I'm face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that, that so expect those three to be in the rehab group on Wednesday. And, again, we'll see what things look like on Thursday and if they come out clean and better on Thursday. I will say
4: this. It's impressive to me. Yes, there's work to be done. But like you mentioned earlier, the game wasn't lost because of the O-line and the backups and what they did. They were still able to manage it. It affected how McCarthy called the plays and all that. But all in all, talent-wise, we've seen it years before when – You only got one guy out, usually Tyron (laughs) Smith, and then that was it. it. Sean Lee was that way too. You couldn't play defense defense. if you didn't have Sean Lee in there. You were screwed. That's it. You you know that's going to be a terrible game. But the crazy part, or or the impressive part, I should say, with this coaching staff, despite all these changes, all these moves, they're still surviving and making it work. So we've come a long way from... Back in the day.
2: And you lose one guy. You
4: lose know. one guy. Shop Ripped. Atlanta, Port.
1: Port <laughs> real real Atlanta. quick, before we go to break, I would like to get an assessment of what you guys thought of Brock Hoffman, particularly in this game. And I want to talk not, not just from the standpoint of how he played as a center, but also he's. I assume he was still responsible maybe to, for making the calls. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah. what, what did you see there? Did you see anything that, that stood out to you, good or bad? I think the thing with Brock Hoffman is that he's
3: limited athletically. But he makes up for it in toughness. I was worried about him, them putting a guy right on him the whole time and him having to make calls and all that. You didn't see any massive breakdowns in scheme when it came to the rush. Everything was picked up. The one problem they had on fourth down really – I felt like Dak. They let the furthest guy from the ball go. That's Dak's man. Hey, Dak, I, we've got everybody in front of us covered. You got to take care of that guy. So I didn't see anything where it was just you know their twist stunts in front. Usually guys have problems with you know to be able to pass the stunts working with other guys. I didn't see that at all with this guy. You know he he is limited in what he can do because Biotis can get second level blocks and and Hoffman's more of a kind of a take the guy right at the line of scrimmage and then make sure that's secure and then hope for the best if he can get to the second level. Yeah. But his play was, was – there was some apprehension by me about it, but I, I think if you had to plug him back in – he showed himself pretty well
2: there. Yeah, I mean, of the pressures that were allowed by the Cowboys on Sunday in Arizona, not a lot of those pressures came up the middle. Yeah. Not a lot of those pressures were allowed by Hoffman, the, the backup center. So, uh, I mean, that's my clean assessment of him. I mean, could he have been uh, cleaner in some of his reps? Absolutely he could have. I mean, you also look at his age and him being thrown into the fire. But all things considered, I was right there with Brian. I mean, you're lining up nose to nose with, uh, you know, a guy who has many more reps in the NFL than you you would think that Hoffman been, probably would get blown off the ball a time or two. I didn't see any reps where no. he absolutely got decimated at all. So, yeah, I mean, it was an impressive outing for that. Look
3: what the running game hit, too. There were some plays yeah. that went inside the tackle box there that he was able to, you know, those guys did a nice job inside. It's a shame, though, that they get a sack because of a, a, the waggle, the boot, the naked, you know, they don't get Xavier Collins coming down. That's a sack. But And then the other one was Adoga. They're trying to double move. So the two sacks that were given up in that game – we're really kind of, you know, hey, we're going to try and trick you over here. It didn't work. We're going to try a double move over here. Your tackle, you know, struggles a little bit, and then your guard struggles a little bit. But other than that, they were pretty clean the way they played.
1: Yep. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we we're going to jump into uh, the storylines of the week and uh, get into the Cowboys offense versus Patriots defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com
5: radio.
0: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper a location near you.
1: Back to the break.
3: Mark your calendars and get your Lederhosen and Steins ready. Let's go. Leather pants are those leader hoses. <laughs> That's really what that is. means. Frisco uh, Oktoberfest officially returns for their fourth annual celebration on Saturday, October 7th at the Star in Frisco, featuring Bavarian-inspired activities, delicious food and drink, and plenty of great
1: live entertainment. Visit the slash events for more info. Welcome back. Second segment of the break. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, here we go. Uh, let's start first where we start every week on a Wednesday. I want you guys to go around the table and give me your biggest storyline for the Cowboys heading into week four of the NFL season. Brian, let's start with you. Bill Belichick against uh, Mike
3: McCarthy, defensive guru versus uh, play caller that's back in the mix. So that's my storyline this week. Can the Cowboys find a way to kind of put together a really nice game plan to uh, to g- combat a defense that's probably going to throw a lot of different looks at you. Uh, and uh, that's the great thing about playing Belichick. He's always going to have something for you that you didn't see before. Can Mike McCarthy and the staff figure it out and move the football this week? Amber.
4: Yeah, same um, same concern or storyline offensively as it's been since pretty much week one, uh, after week one, but now it's enhanced to another level. I'm not concerned Defensively, we we did see how they were able to adjust in the second half against uh, the Cardinals. So I trust um, what Dan Quinn and everybody else can do defensively. But on offense, uh, it's hard to say I want to see it clicking because I think I'm still unsure that we'll have every single piece <laughs> of starters out there. It's uh, that's a hard one. That's going to be tough. I blame but...
1: Patrick if we do I do too. I'm all, I'm blaming him. <laughs> he's the injury yeah. guy. Yeah, I was in the like, show. he's our injury guy, so yeah. I'm blaming yeah. Patrick. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, no, but hopefully we can, <laughs> if I can see some improvement, at least like creatively, if McCarthy can just kind of change the playbook a little bit, play more uh, with a lot more confidence and be a little more creative, that's, I think the storyline for me, what I'm looking for this week.
2: That, for me, in, Again, consistency in the run defense. You did it two out of three times. Um, But... Here we go, Ezekiel Elliott. is homecoming um, yeah. and a combo between him and Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson is a is a player. Mm-hmm. He's a gamer. So can this Cowboys run defense bounce back from an atrocious game where they allowed over 140 yards in the first half against the Cardinals in a, in a quality backfield? Um, and then, of course, you have the emotional component of Ezekiel Elliott. And he's you know Jerry didn't want to spoil it today on 105.3 The Fan, but there is likely some type of honoring that's going to happen for Ezekiel Elliott. So so, Ring of Honor
3: already ahead of yes. Jimmy. Hey, why not?
2: <laughs> um, so hey, you never know. Um, so I mean, there's going to be that emotional component for Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott alongside his talent and ability to make plays, particularly in the red zone. Stevenson, he can do it all. He's a home run hitter as well. So for me, it's run defense. How can they bounce back? Or will they bounce back? And what does that look like against Ezekiel Elliott and his homecoming and Ramondre Stevenson? It's, it's gonna
4: be fun. That's a good. It's one. gonna yeah. be fun to oh, watch. Yeah.
2: Good one. <laughs> all
1: right. Um, What's has, yours? You know, well, actually, it's the same thing of the running running yeah. defense. Actually, I was I was just looking this up. Do you guys think the best running back duo they faced so far was Week Two against the Jets? Because Brees Hall and yes. Cook, I thought I, I going would, into that yeah. game, I was I would, like, "Yeah, that's the test." Yes. And yeah. when they passed that test, I immediately thought, "Okay, they've solved this problem." Yeah. And this is what also makes me think they didn't maybe take this running game as seriously as maybe they took the Jets' running game. Yeah, they me they, could do it. they, right, the they Jets, showed yeah. me they could do it against the Jets, and I think the Jets have a better running game. The fact that it didn't look like that this week makes me think they didn't let, put the level of focus on their running game, of stopping their running game that they did against the Jets. You guys agree with that? I think the way – I think you're up to the point. I, the thing – I think that
3: Arizona has a better scheme in the way they run the ball. I think mm. with the pin and pull stuff – I don't know why more teams don't try that and when you get to Philadelphia because I was watching Philadelphia play New England last night, you're going to see a lot of the, the pin and pull stuff and I think that I think movement affects the Cowboys the way they play run defense. Mm-hmm. I think it affects their eyes when when they see something going one way they, they they're taught. Get downhill as fast as you can and be a part of the, the play at the point of attack. And then the ball will bend back, and you're like, going, well, wait a minute, where's the backside help here? Where's the discipline to play? So I think it was more of a discipline problem with Arizona, but the way that Arizona's scheme runs the ball, I, I think that's something, if I'm playing the Cowboys, I'm like, man, maybe we could steal a couple of plays here. Just trying to, you know, our linemen are not having to block these guys one-on-one. We kind of
1: can do some things to make them... Take advantage of how aggressive they are trying to get there. Do you think also because Dallas tends to do a lot of slants and a lot of stunts, it also yeah. when you have those pin and pulls, oh, yeah. it actually runs them into bad situations. Like they they yeah. are rushing toward being in a bad situation and can't recover. We we talked about the 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 long the long run
3: that they had when the when they put more in the backfield, yep. the receiver. What happened? Sam Williams is like flying up the field, and all of a sudden, then you're not set up front, and now you're there's there's like. There's hesitation up front. Sam's already up, and now you get the guard on the Mike linebacker. There's nobody there. Right. They're playing too deep, you know. I mean, too deep coverage, yep. not too deep there. But literally, there's nobody sitting right there. So I, I yeah, I, I think that it's to me if you know, it's, that's the one thing about guys like when you, you would Tank, you appreciate about him playing the run game. Tank is not going to let you fool him. You know, he's going to stay. Like if the ball's going inside, he's gonna be able in a position where he can make the play, where he could you know, he can work back in. He's not four steps up the field and then trying to redirect to get back as the ball's gone. He's gonna play the scheme he knows he knows how to read his scheme, but he knows how to close down and then when he has to make a play, or he's chasing from the backside, he knows how to stay flat and then go get the ball. But he sometimes you have to have a feel of how you're supposed to play run defense as opposed, and knowing where your fits are, knowing where the guys around
2: you need to be as well. I mean, you right. can believe Bill Belichick will look at that Arizona Cardinals film oh, sure. and borrow what, what works oh, yeah. and oh, sure. try to in, and, you know, integrate oh, yeah. that into his game. Him and everybody player. else that's yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Everybody's Philadelphia gonna plays gonna that gonna way. Philadelphia, like that,
3: Philadelphia will test you that test way. That's the for sure.
1: NFL. Yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's jump into the Cowboys offense for the versus the Patriots defense. Real quick, Brian, before you jump into that, I just want to lay some numbers out there for, for our listeners. Uh, the Patriots defense right now, Very good defense, first of all. Uh, They are fifth in yards allowed, only giving up 270 yards per game. Mm -hmm. They are fifth in pass yards allowed, only giving up 177 yards per game Mm -hmm. through the air. Uh, They are ninth in rush yards per attempt, only giving up 3.6 per rush. And ninth in points allowed, only giving up 20 points per game. Brian. Brian. Tell me why they're so good.
3: Yeah, this is going to be an odd front again for you. It's a three-man line. They can adjust the front due to their linebacker's ability to play along the line of scrimmage. The majority of their coverages have been cover three, which is a zone coverage that they use. They'll play cover one, which is a man coverage. We'll get into that a little bit. Cover two, we always talk about. It's a safety-to-two safety split, Mm -hmm. so we're going to see a little maybe two, two deep. These are the top three uh coverages that they'll want run the zone coverage the man coverage and then that two deep look uh right there they did play what we call cover six which is uh against the dolphins it's kind of a combo of the two and the four that's how you get the six it splits the field in half and it's a good blend of zone and man so they're kind of trying to show you one thing but it's really on the other side they're playing another so you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, this looks like a cover, too. No, wait, it's they're playing zone. No, they're actually playing man over here. It's really good when it helps you defend the run, you know, because there's – but. Against like a short passing game, like the Cowboys have, it's kind of a coverage that could get them in trouble. Mm-hmm. They did it against the Dolphins, didn't do it against uh, the Eagles, or didn't do it against uh, the Jets. So there was something that they were worried about in the Dolphins game that allowed them to say, "Okay, we got to play a little bit of this mix of man and zone right there." Um, it's the, the defensive line. You, you mentioned it, it's not one of these really uh, household names of guys. Uh, you know, it's Gouchaw, Who he hurt his ankle. He's a defensive tackle, Devin Gouchaw. He hurt his uh, ankle in the Jets game. He was knocked out of the game. He'll be interested to see if he can play this week. Lawrence Guy's a good player for them up front. Big guy. Christian Barmore's another guy. Barmore had four pressures. Uh, for quarterback hits in that Dolphins game, so there's a defensive tackle that can win inside and then get pressure on your quarterback. So I think you need to kind of account for him in that in that area. Uh, well. Dietrich Wise is a long, rangy veteran, kind of an edge player. He's a better run player than he is pass. So if you're running the ball to one side, maybe you want to run it away from Dietrich Wise. He's a little bit one of those guys that kind of has a feel for how to play. The linebackers are the heart of this defense, and it starts with Matthew Jardon. Jardon, he's listed as a linebacker. He's kind of more of an edge. But he's very similar to what they do with Micah Parsons. He's going to move around all over the place. They're going to find the best possible matchup for him. You'll see him rushing from all those different spots. He can attack the edge. He can win against blocks. He's got some power to his game. He could be a little slippery in the way he plays. When they put him inside, he can kind of like go and then avoid and then get in on the play. Uh, They're going to need to account for him on a lot of different Fronts when he's lined up again, he's like Micah in the way they move him around. Uh, they did he did a great job in that Dolphins game. I mentioned two sacks, two quarterback hits. Uh, Josh Uchi is a uh, is another player that is a linebacker, very explosive. He has the ability to get up the field in a hurry. Uh, Like uh, Jordan, he could be really disruptive in the way he goes about lining up all over the field. He gets the blocker on his first step. He causes problems in that way. So he's a guy that got a couple of guys that can rush the passer. Jawan Bentley is the veteran linebacker. He's the thumper. He's the big guy. He's the guy that plays with some pop. He's a downhill player he's always attacking the line of scrimmage. He's always got to be careful about him. He could read it, shoot the gap and then make a tackle for loss. So, physical, you know, be ready. If you're not just go up and try and just bump him. This guy's going to try and run over you in that regard. So, does a good job of finishing when he gets in position. The Patriots secondary is an interesting one because they got a star in the making with a rookie. Christian Gonzalez, who was from Oregon. Actually, he's a local kid. I think he's from Hebron High School over mm-hmm. here, but he's a Texas kid. Started in Colorado and then went to Oregon. And, but he is a – the Patriots are – the staff have – they've put him in some seriously high-leverage spots when it comes to coverage with this. Uh, in the Jets game, he shadowed Garrett Wilson 60% of the, the game. Uh, he played press man coverage in him 43% of the time in those games. So there you go, right there, big-time coverage. Tariq Hill the week before, he shadowed him 60% of the time in the game, 29% p- uh, press man coverage in those games. The Eagles went after him in the first game. They targeted him 12 times. They had eight receptions for 90, uh, for 99 yards. I would expect that Gonzalez is going to travel with C.D. Lamb in this matchup. You'll see it. I mean, that's, it's, it's clear. They just said, okay, you go with him. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter. If Lamb goes in the slot, Gonzalez will go in the slot with him. So it's not just like, oh, wait, we can get him off him if we put Lamb in the slot. No, Gonzalez will go down inside and and play there. So this guy's a sticky, relentless cover man. He's got movement. He's got elite ball skills. Really, really a good player. Miles Bryant plays on the other side opposite. He's going to flip when they travel. And he'll also kick inside in the slot when the uh, the Patriots go nickel. He defends the ball well. He puts himself in good position to make plays. Movement redirection skills are solid with this guy. You got to be aware of him blitzing off the slot. Sometimes they'll play him tight, and then all of a sudden it's a slot blitz. That's how they get some uh, they get some additional pressure that way. Uh, their safeties are Kyle Duggar. I think is better than what uh, Jabril Peppers is. Duggar is better of the two, like I said. The staff uses him in a unique way. He'll play deep like half the time. He'll play down in the box a quarter of the time. And then sometimes you'll see him actually go in the slot and play. So they feel like that he could cover in a lot of different ways. Before he was, they didn't use him that way. This is kind of new for how they've used him. And you'll occasionally get him on the blitz. So that's, you know, uh, and Jabril Peppers, I mentioned him. He's a veteran player. He's got a number of tackles. But you'll also see times where he misses tackles. He'll be in space, and all of a sudden the ball's coming to the edge, and he's trying to wrap up, and he gets knocked off, and then he's on the ground. It's happened to him a couple of different uh, times. So, But he's the one guy that they like to bring on the blitz. I mentioned about Kyle Duggar coming, but Peppers is the guy that they'll rush generally uh, opposite, though. They'll try him a stunt, and then they'll bring him Off the edge, so it's a good defense. It doesn't have a lot of household names, but the one you need to know about is Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. He is a very, very talented player. That again, they use in a lot of those high leverage situations.
2: No, I was going to say it's it's a defense that, um, as great as they are, the the weakness there is they don't excel at taking the ball away. They don't take the ball away well. They have only two takeaways over the first three weeks. One is a Christian Gonzalez interception. Another is the fumble recovery against Jalen Hurts um, to open the season. So they are good at all three levels. Like Brian said, linebacker core, very good, most certainly the heart of that. Um, But they also are still without Jonathan Jones. We'll see if Jonathan Jones, the cornerback, returns this week. He's not played since week one as he deals with an ankle injury. So they're down um, one of their outside starting corners there. So maybe a point of attack there, particularly if you see – that Belichick is deploying uh, a strategy that has Gonzalez shading C.D. Lamb. Okay, well, here's Brandon Cooks. It's it's time for a big game, and yeah. th- this is where you have optimism for after from seeing from your lips to God's ears. There on that, you go. Right? Yeah. this is where you also have optimism after seeing Michael Gallup come on yeah. strong against the Cardinals, because now it seems like the Cowboys have figured out what Gallup looks like in the Texas coast offense, which was a question that we had, you know, last week or a couple of episodes or so ago. So I think that. Outside of Gonzalez, and I tweeted this after that interception, Gonzalez is as advertised. You are going to have to be careful with targeting him. But if Jonathan Jones is inactive and then that brings up backups on the outside, on the other outside, maybe you target them. Have Cooks line up against him and say, beat him to death, right? Michael Gallup, beat your guy to death. So the secondary— like you talked about with Jabril Peppers, he'll take risks. it yeah. cause him to be over-aggressive in his tackling angles. He'll miss those tackles. And CeeDee Lamb has some some real history with Jalen Mills with the Wave. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, he can Jalen Mills can be had as well. Was that so, the
4: one with the flag that, where he
2: yeah, got flagged? Yeah, <laughs> got fined, fined, fined. Was it, it was fine? Yeah, because it was at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, it was at the end yeah, yeah, yeah. of so the game. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the point of attack, the Cowboys offense, hopefully they have – you know, if they're not holding on the offensive line, hopefully they have at least two of those guys back. Um which would be Zach and, and Tyron is what it looks like right now. Because you're gonna have a challenge with that defensive front. Yeah. But you can attack the secondary anyone not named Christian Gonzalez. How is Gonzalez
1: in the slot? Because Obviously, if, you're gonna, if he's going to travel with, yeah. with CD, CD's going to be in the slot yeah. a lot.
3: He, the ball didn't go his way. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's, they, they, they bring Tariq Hill down there in the, mm-hmm. in the
3: slot, and that's where he was, and he's able to stay with him. The so he stay, he stay, he'll go to the slot, and he'll play it well. He'll play it. He'll okay. absolutely. He, he's just a really good defender. Yeah, he's comfortable playing he's at so any spot. So you can't run away yeah. from yeah. him. You can't get away. Yeah. Too long, rangy,
2: and his stride.
3: Is this good. is the fun thing, though. If you go back, and I looked at something because of the next gen opportunity that we have here in our building. I, I love this. Because I went back and looked at Dak Prescott and how, when they played the Patriots, and this was one of Dak's best games I think he's ever played. He was 36 of 51 for 445 yards, the overtime game. Remember he hurt the calf on the last play? Mm. I was curious at how they played him, how they played coverage against him. Just to see it, Belichick's like, listen, we can't do this. This guy killed us in this area. They had, he dealt with 19 pressures in this game, no sacks. They played 55% man coverage in the game. Dak was 17 of 28 Mm. for 193, three touchdowns in the game. Had the lone interception there. 45% zone coverage. He was 19 of 23 for 252. He played cover one against, and that's that single high look. They played cover three with him, which, is we talked about, is kind of a zone coverage area. They played cover two only 12% of the time. They played this cover zero, which was no safety help man all the way across the board, Prescott had three touchdowns in that game Mm -hmm. when he played against – and they only played the coverage 10% of the time. Dak played it perfectly in that game. No safety help, no help in the middle of the field. True man-to-man defense. It's designed to get a lot of pressure. They didn't get the pressure. They didn't get the sacks. And Dak ate them alive. Belichick might look back at that game and like, hmm, maybe we don't want to do this to this guy. In this particular time,
1: one of the best games that Dak's played in his career. Traditionally, when you see cover zero, that means there's also blitzing going on. And one thing we know about Dak is traditionally, Dak is really good against the blitz. He usually plays really good against the blitz. So that doesn't shock me. I hope they bring the blitz. You actually want them to bring the blitz against this quarterback because I think he's really good in those situations. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back and uh, we'll talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott and what he meant to this offense last year. And if the Cowboys may, in some respects, Miss him this season with the the, uh, issues that they're having in goal-to-go situations and in short yardage situations. We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit Unitedagenturf.com to find a location near you.
1: Back to the break.
3: Beam, you need to do something about that throat. Uh, <laughs> join us at Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium on October 7th and 8th for the world-class barbecue from pitmasters across the country while enjoying live entertainment and librations. That's I say that right? Libations. 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 Yes. At the Q... that drinks. At the Q BBQ <laughs> Fest, Dallas, this October. <laughs> the only thing hotter than the Dallas Cowboys will be... 30,000 pounds of brisket, chicken, pulled pork, and ribs smoking at Miller Lighthouse when some of the biggest names in barbecue come together at Q Barbecue Fest. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official tick- ticketing provider of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm such a well, foodie. AT&T Stadium, I'm sorry, and the
1: Cowboys as I'm well. such a foodie because as you're reading that, I'm just like, man. That was a mouth Terrible oh, read. Man. God. Oof. I wish. All right, let's uh, let's jump back in. Let's talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott. Uh, he will be returning this week with the New England Patriots. Uh, was a really, I, I mean, you look at Zeke's career here. I think Cowboys got uh, got everything that they they wanted out of him. Uh, I think you can you can question the contracts and all that kind of stuff, but I think while he was here, he was a very 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 productive running back for them. But check out some of these numbers I looked at. I looked up from the standpoint of goal to go situations sure. last year. There were 13 times when he got the ball in goal-to-go situations. Eight of those times, he was in the end zone. Mm-hmm. That's a 62%. It's way better than where they are right now when they're in goal-to-go situations. Uh, he was only stuffed one time, which is another stat you look at. Was he hit behind the line scrimmage, tackled behind the line scrimmage? He's only stuffed one time, but eight of the 13 times, he ended up in the end zone. Uh, that would have made him third in the league behind Jamal Williams and Jalen Hurts and what they do in Philadelphia, where they just basically push, push him push. into the end zone. Mm-hmm. right? Um, that being said, Does Dallas miss Ezekiel this year?
4: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's a simple question or simple answer. Uh, Absolutely. We talk about, I mean, everything that you just mentioned right now, there is nothing else I need to point out other than what you said, the stats, and everything that we've seen in the red zone. I think that, uh, I don't know the the total amount of times, but I think they would have been a lot more effective in the red zone if, Ezekiel Elliott was there uh, as the running back. Now, that's not to say that the guys that they currently have are not doing a good job because they are, and credit to them. uh, But it's a totally different type of running back. And I think that's why last year it worked so well, him with the combination of Tony Pollard, and then finally being able to find the right balance between the two and playing them to what their strengths are, because we know Zeke doesn't have the same type of explosiveness anymore as a guy like Tony Pollard in being too able to make those cuts, escape. But vice versa, like, Tony doesn't have the same strength that Zeke has. So I do think they miss him. I still don't think uh, going back and looking at it now, it, it would change, like... You had to make that decision, is what I'm trying to say. Like It it had to be that way, but they do miss a guy like like, uh, Ezekiel. But I think with the talent that they currently have, if they start scheming things differently and coming up with different plays, I still think that they can be more effective and make it work with the guys that they currently have. So at some point, I don't think you would need a guy like Zeke if you change things up. But currently, yes, it would be freaking nice to have well, Zeke I, on I, the team.
2: I'll first say that, I, you know, I love Zeke to death and I was a proponent of keeping him on this team. Um, but given, and it's a small sample size. It's only three games. I think that what they miss from Ezekiel Elliott is that comfort, that security blanket, and knowing like this is the situation, go to go. This is who we're going to hand it off, and they haven't figured out yet who that person will be. That's where I think the issue is. Not necessarily that you miss Ezekiel Elliott down there, but we talk about, for example, handing it off to Peyton Hendershot instead of maybe giving it to Hunter Lipke. There's my there's my answer. There you answer, go. Uh-huh. Who had who has the power? Who has the stature to, to give you that yep. short yard? So when I start seeing that, if I start seeing that, then I can say, okay, well, what's Hunter Hunter Lipke's effectiveness and success rate with goal-to-goal and short yardage versus Ezekiel Elliott's success rate? And then we could say, well, they do or they do not miss Ezekiel Elliott. So for me right now, I just think that they miss the comfort of knowing that if you're in goal-to-goal or if you're in short yardage, you just hand it to the hammer. But they, the reality is they haven't established who the hammer is, and I think it might and should be Hunter Lipke. Yeah, this is – this is how much is your goal line
3: and that red zone package or short yardage package worth? Is it worth $14, $15, 16000000 million a year to That's you? really what it came down to. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, and now, okay, then you, you move on from him and then you want to resign him, say. but you, Well, okay, you resign him for $4 million. Well, he's already counting $8 millions in dead money, maybe more than that. So you're, you're basically paying like $12 million to have Ezekiel Elliott back here. I, I don't know why, and, and I think we're going to come to this point where, to me, they're going to hand the ball to Hunter Lipke. Hunter Lipke is, and to me, I th- there are things about Hunter Lipke when they talked about him being a fullback that I'm like, I've never seen this guy block. And there's times where he's been good blocker, and there's other times where he's not been as good. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you can't, discredit hunter Lipke for is his toughness and carrying the football third and one nine yard run with with a loaded box mm-hmm. he's going to find a way to go forward he's going to find a way to knife through there get a yard get two yards get whatever he has to do they could as ambar says they could scheme up things but you could also like it say just hand him the damn ball going straight ahead He's proven to me just watching him play, whether it's the uh, the game against the Raiders in, yep. the, in the postseason where – not the postseason, but the preseason, preseason. where mm-hmm. he had all those carries. He's the, his vision, his ability to, to make things happen is impressive. And his power. And the power's yeah, impressive. Yeah. You don't need to hand the ball to Ezekiel Elliott at $4 million a year when you got a guy that's very, very capable of doing the same thing. And I, I'm – I think we're going to get to the point where Hunter Lipke is going to become that guy. Where they, where you put him in the backfield, just like the Eagles run the tush push. You know, we're going to, you're going to put Hunter Lipke in the backfield, and he's going to be the guy. That's that's where it's going to come. North Dakota State soon. loves you again. The state of North Dakota is not After happy that. with me a lot. The state of California is another one that doesn't like me very much, <laughs> yeah.
1: especially in the Bay Area. I'll, the Bay I'll add Area that. is not a fan of mine. I agree with you guys. I don't think they're trusting their power run game enough. You yeah, look at this last is. game, Comfort. there was one play. It, was, it ended up in, I think it was a negative two yards. Yeah. But basically they decided they were going to take the left guard and the left tackle and try to – Basically, try to pull them into the center yeah. rather than going forward. And basically, they left the defensive end unblocked. He runs nice right in yeah. and tackles Pollard for a two-yard loss. I'm like, that's just getting cute for no reason. Right. Like, you want to power ahead. You're in goal-to-go situations. Power the ball in, and I don't think they trust that either. They don't trust the backs, they don't trust the offensive line, whatever it well, is. They're not the trusting enough play. in their ability to just power the ball ahead. Yeah. And I want to see some of that, and let's see if you really miss Zeke Elliott, or is a situation where you don't trust these other factors right now, and that's why the problems are existing. I do remember a game last year, and I think
3: I've talked about it on air where they they tried to hand the ball to Pollard on the goal line three straight times, and it yeah. got stopped all three. And then they said they brought Zeke in, and it was fourth down, and it was a touchdown. Right? You know that there's something to that there's something I think I just do I think Hunter Lipke has a feel for how to find you one or two yards agreed you know and and it's just
1: just give him the opportunity he, he will make do for you if you if you give him that opportunity all right we appreciate you guys joining us we'll be back tomorrow we'll get into the Patriots defense I'm sorry the Patriots offense versus the Cowboys defense still in for Patrick Walker and Brian Broaddus and Amber Garcia I'm Derek Eagleton this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio